Good morning and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the first Friday of the month of September, and so it's also the day dedicated to venerating and honoring and revering the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. As such, we have this special hour on the first Friday of the month, the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, and we are welcoming you as this is a live program from the studio. It certainly is. <laughs> this is Father Stosh Daly joining you with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. <laughs> As we enter into this uh, new month and this uh, new day, this first Friday of the month, we invite you to join us as we begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our opening prayer is taken from the votive mass of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Clothe us, Lord God, with the virtues of the heart of your Son, and set us aflame with his love, that, conformed to his image, we may merit a share in eternal redemption. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. For those of you who will attend Holy Mass today, uh, with that spirit of reparation for sins committed against the heart of Jesus, if the Mass is offered as a votive Mass of the Sacred Heart, you'll hear that prayer at the beginning of the Mass, mm -hmm. but you might also hear the entrance antiphon, which is also strikingly mm -hmm. beautiful. The designs of his heart are from age to age, to rescue their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. Chuck and Joanne, that, that's the summary. There we yeah, are. Yeah, we're in that's famine the program. now. Thank you for joining what us this hour. We are now handing it over to ours. <laughs> it's true. Okay, Boy, done. <laughs> every day, every day, we need the heart of love to change our hearts, Father. We do. And uh, shortly, we're going to be joining us is Emily Jaminette the executive director of Sacred Heart Enthronement Network and author of award-winning book, Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus' Promises in Your Life. She'll be joining us to discuss some ministry updates and also our 11th Annual Congress. But before she joins us, Father, I know we met 12 years ago. Le Chatelaine. Couldn't it be 12 years ago? We met a lot longer ago? than that. Yeah. <laughs> It was See, 12 years but, ago we were talking about Jesus. That's yeah. very yeah. true. Yes. And you mentioned he to us. He corrected. You mentioned to us your interest in having a Congress. Yeah. And this is the level. And that was like point five yeah. of our conversation. Uh -huh. I think points. we said, what is a Congress? And versus a conference. So maybe share with owners why you <clears throat> feel strongly about the Congress yeah. and why you're extending invitation to everybody to attend the Congress. Sure. And people do wonder why, what? Congress, what does that mean? Right, right. And um, I mean, it's not like we got together. It's not like the Lord brought us together to have a gathering. The Lord brought us together to make his heart more known, more loved, um, more venerated, to really open up the minds and hearts of all of our brothers and sisters in the faith to become totally open to and dependent upon the heart of Jesus. But the idea, the prompting really, because it could not have originated uh, with any of us was that that's for you know, sure <laughs> oh our humanity is alive and well no, this no, right. so, it could have generated so. through father not us oh, that's oh, no. right. yeah. Yeah. have you seen my uniform <laughs> there's not much creativity here it's all black so, there's not much going on. But, you know the idea was that people who have opened their homes and their hearts and their minds to the heart of Jesus would then have like this yearly opportunity to come together represent Representing their lives, representing their homes, representing their families, representing everything that is going on in their lives. And they would bring that to one place where they would then be focused on the Lord with everyone else who's coming from wherever they are coming. And there would be these um, opportunities to grow in knowledge, opportunities to grow in love, and opportunities to grow in service together You know, as one family mm -hmm. united on the heart of Jesus. And rather than it being a conference where you come, you learn, you go, you maybe travel with others. It's like, no, when you go to the Congress of the Sacred Heart, you're actually bringing your whole family. You're bringing your whole home. You're bringing your whole life. You're representing and all of that. it's one focus. One focus. Mm -hmm. But you're bringing all of who you are, all of who you love, all of that's going on in your life. You're bringing that. You're representing all of that before the Lord with all of these other people. You know, you can use the image of, um, you know, the governing body in our own country, uh, you know, each of those individuals in the Congress of the United States, they represent 
mm -hmm. contingency. They represent their constituents. They represent a geographical area. It's the same for us. You know, we are representing that place from where we've come, the people from whom we've come. We're representing all of them as we come before the Lord. And, you know, the Congress could never be too big. Hmm. Yeah, there's right. just no way it could ever be too big. You know, you hmm. can't say the Congress is ever too crowded, you know, yeah. or you can never say the Congress is too busy. There's too much going hmm. on because whenever the Lord is at the focus, you know, we hand this all over to him and the guidance and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So the idea was that it's not enough on our side of things to merely offer the heart of Jesus to people. It's like, now bring all of who you are back to the heart. We've, you know, uh, maybe opened the door for the heart of Jesus to be brought into your life, into your home. Now, using that same open door, bring your life, bring your home back to the heart of Jesus, acknowledging that uh, beauty and that fraternal support that exists with everyone else who's done the same. And I think that's one of the takeaways from all of these different years of different Congresses and different places, as people say, there's a sense of fraternity and unity Absolutely. among all the people who are there. Some come to learn because they don't know much or they're, you know, the first time they've ever heard about it. Others have gone almost every year. And it's, you know, we oftentimes hear that it's more like a retreat than just a gathering or something formal. And that's what the Lord wants it to be. You know, the and mass, even though, the you know, fortunately with today, we can access many things like the Congress, you know, yeah. uh, through technology. Yep. But there's something about being there. It doesn't really replace. That's true. Physically yeah. being there. Absolutely. Well, talking about the Congress, we want to welcome. Yeah. Emily Jaminette, our executive director of Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, <clears throat> to discuss what's happening for the 11th Annual Sacred Heart Congress this year. Excitement. And also maybe a couple updates on the ministry. Welcome, Emily. Well, good morning, everyone. What a joy to be here at the Sacred Heart Hour. Um, the best hour of the month. <laughs> the we power could say that. hour. The power hour on the radio <laughs> here on AMA 20. Um, I'm, I'm, very look, I'm very excited about this year's Congress. Each year, I think I could say that, but each year I grow in an understanding of its importance. And I think... Father um, Daly really summarized nicely that we represent ourselves, our home, our family, our community as we come together. And I think that's a very key concept. That's one reason why it's a half day event. It's not, it, it's, it's a very, very important opportunity for spiritual renewal. So there's a lot going on in that, in that half day. Don't, we're not going to deceive you by saying <laughs> it's, it's half day, but it's a full day. So um, it's November 5th. It will begin with Holy Rosary um, before the the Mass, which morning Mass will start at 8.30, the votive Mass to the Sacred Heart. And we're very blessed to have our Bishop, um, Bishop Earl K. Fernandez, mm, yeah. celebrating, being the main celebrant. He also has a beautiful devotion to the Sacred Heart. And we're just very blessed to have his leadership here in our di diocese and beyond. And one of the things I think that's very important is we came up with this um, theme that I think will be, I think, I don't know, Father, forever, or forever theme, but rebuild and renew and restore the domestic church through the heart of Jesus. So if you are, you know, feeling like this is a beginning point for you in devotion life and, and really living out this devotion, come. If you need renewal, come. If you need deepening, come. Wherever you are in that journey, the Sacred Heart wants to be a part of your life. And and I think that, as my mom mentioned, Joanne Wilson, that the experience of it all is is truly a gift. So um, that's a little bit of an overview. And now, would you like me to share a little bit about the speakers? Or? Yeah, let's share yes. about the speakers. But one thing, Emily, you shared with me, largest Sacred Heart event in the nation? Truly, I mean, it's a gift, the largest Sacred Heart event in the nation. It's We got great conferences, as we know, and now we have a phenomenal Sacred Heart Congress. This is focused completely on the heart of Jesus. So you will come away better understanding this devotion, um, which makes it really, really unique. Well, you know, um, one thing, Emily, last night we shared, maybe for our listeners today, they might be saying, well, yeah, this is great, but why Columbus? And we won't go through the history of how it all landed here, but there is a letter. It's because of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Chuck, for your humility. Yeah. I'm going to take that ball. <laughs> the and, plus uh, when you got some tears are here. 
But there is a letter from the Missionaries of Charity to the Men of the Sacred Heart. And when the Men of the Sacred Heart organization was being dissolved, that's where Sacred Heart Enthronement Network took mm-hmm. over to be the national promoter and marketer uh, for the Heart of Jesus. Uh, but this is from Mother Teresa. And I want to just read the first paragraph because I think it relates to why the Congress, why this devotion why Emily is here to share all about the speakers and why the speakers are coming. And it says, To the dear men of the Sacred Heart, this is 1991, thank you for the love and devotion you have for the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the great zeal you have for spreading this devotion all over the world. All over the world. You are a consolation to his heart at a time when so many are wounding him. I'm so grateful for all the many pictures, images, of the heart of Jesus and Mary you have sent us, particularly for Albania and Calcutta. Mm. From Calcutta, the pictures will be used all over India. Our poor people are also grateful to you for the images they are able to put up of Jesus in their homes and to show their devotion to the Sacred Heart and honor him. They thank you by their prayers. And I think as Father and Emily, as we're doing this, this is the saint. This didn't just originate back with Mother Teresa. This originated back with St. John, the beloved apostle. But I think we're just carrying it on, right, Emily? We're just a vessel. We're just a vessel. We're carrying the torch the best we can and and the best way that we think we can in the times we live in. And if you are feeling a bit overwhelmed by the culture, by society, by society telling your children, you know, what is love? This is the place you need to go is into the heart of Jesus. You need to encounter his loving heart, be grounded in that heart, stabilized in that heart, experience his love and his peace and his joy. And that's why we put together a Congress. That's why we're focusing once a year, as Father Stoss shared, to to rejoice in this bigger community, the bigger plan of Christ. So as we mentioned, the day will open with Mass, followed by two um, priests, uh, two speakers coming in to really um, spiritually feed us. Father Joseph Laramie, um, again, is a Catholic Jesuit priest. He was ordained in 2011 and is author of his first book, Abide in the Heart of Christ, a 10-day personal retreat with St. Ignatius of Loyola. He also has a new book that will be coming out this um, September, also on the Sacred Heart. He is a National Eucharistic Preacher of the USCCB Eucharistic Revival, and he's our current spiritual director. So we're very blessed to have his formation, to have an understanding of the importance of the even the Jesuits with being a, a key promoter in the heart of Jesus for many, many years. Our other second priest is Father Thomas Daly. This is not Father Stosh Daly. Everybody, <laughs> it's going to get a little confusing. Another Daly in, in the crowd. But um, Father Thomas Daly wrote the book, Behold This Heart. And he's going to be looking at it from the spirituality of St. Francis de Sales. And for some of you, you might know, my dad let me know, that our diocese is actually dedicated to St. Francis de Sales. So you're going to come away better understanding our patron saint of our diocese, the role of the sacred heart. You're going to see how this applies to your life. You're going to see the simplicity of the heart, but yet the, the as Father Stosh Daly shares, there's no gates or barriers to that heart. It's, it's open to everyone. The mini day retreat will include um, mass, confession, adoration, benediction, these beautiful talks. Father Stosh Daly will be present to lead us um, in benediction and adoration. And it's really just a free will offering, but this free will offering not only allows us to do the work that we do, but to allow us to continue to grow in our mission, as my dad mentioned, for a worldwide impact on the sacred heart. So we ask for $15 at the door, $25 to bring your whole family. And um, the streaming online has a free option as well. And the scholarships are available and one of the things I, I have found with the Congress, it's very prayerful. And I think, Father, as we talked about this in the beginning, that was what you wanted. It was really a very prayerful morning. Mm. Uh, we, as she mentioned, confessions. Um, it starts with Mass. It starts at 8 o'clock with the rosary. Uh, one of the sisters might be leading the rosary. Yes, we'll have a sister lead the rosary. That's something we've done and for many years. And 
during COVID, we that was unable to do that. But we're excited to bring back um, the community rosary. I think that's such a gift to start the day with Our Lady. And this year, Emily, you'll be the MC. I'm the MC. Thanks for reminding me of that very important <laughs> role. <laughs> so I'm I'm grateful to um, not only be the director at Welcome His Heart, but to be right alongside as our board and our leadership teams and our missionaries and our you know parish captains and everyone else to say what can we do or what can you join us in doing to promote this devotion it's it's simple and um it's organic and it does it does make a difference in the life of catholics and last night we had our uh, monthly meeting on the vigil of first friday it was just a wonderful meeting but we also the posters are going out now to people that want to coordinate this in their parish. A number of them were handed out last night. Uh, some what we call hot cards where you can pass it to someone and say, hey, this is something you might be interested in and why. And we also talked about this year we're going to have sponsorships. Um, we had our webcast campaign, which is a blessing and very successful and reoccurring. We're always working for monthly reoccurring donors, and that is a the, the lifeline to this ministry. And a lot of people say, well, why why do you need money? Well, Emily, why don't you share a meeting with the bishop and what he requested from us? Well, just meeting with the bishop this past week and, you know, watching, witnessing the enthronement of um, our local Newman Center, there's <laughs> many opportunities for us to plug in and assist our local parishes, Catholic schools, dioceses, um, and even, you know, translating, one of the things we're, we're missing, a key piece is having all of our information in Spanish. We have Spanish prayer cards. We have the eight-day enthronement manual in Spanish, but we really need to be able to offer to that, that community, the Hispanic community, um, just, and really every different nationality, the opportunity to do the enthronement and to receive that formation. Also, we know many um, incarcerated Catholics and, and individuals are, you know, at a place of pause in their life. And mm-hmm. that's another opportunity for us to really say, how can we better serve those who are in, in the jail system? And um, so there's a lot of programming that we want to continue to help with formation because without formation, we can sometimes dive into superstition. And that's really important that we stay grounded and rooted in understanding why we expose and honor the heart, why, you know, which leads to deeper devotion, which leads to our love of the Eucharist, which leads to revival and renewal in our hearts, in our home, in the community. So um, we always invite you to partner with us. And these sponsorships also allow us to say and be generous to those who cannot, you know, afford to make a goodwill offering. And um, hopefully we continue to just do our very best to grow this mission um, like we feel called to do. And I know, Father, you have always um, helped us uh, to be able to ship these out to religious orders, mm. uh, people that are not as fortunate. And uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're growing. And the big the big uh, project we're really landing on is this, what Emily, we talk about the parish franchise model, where you have the parish, work with the priest, uh, throw in the parish, work with the principal and teachers, and the pastor and enthrone the school and the rooms and then work with every family there uh, and letting them the opportunity to bring Jesus home. But it's really going to be a mission that started back with uh, St. John the Apostle of wanting that heart of Jesus to be in every home, every dwelling. And and your thoughts, Father, as you've heard some of the Congress this year and, um, and just how the Spirit's moving. Well, I, you know, there's always that temptation whenever we are in that home run stretch to the Congress of the Sacred Heart, or even for like the men's conference or the women's conference, there's always that temptation to think, oh, I've been there, I've done that. I don't have to mm. go back. Same same thing. Uh, and it's it's really not. I mean, there, it's on a variety of different levels uh, that the Lord makes it clear that these are beautiful, powerful, life-saving, life-giving events that are really for the good of our faith and the good of our souls. And There may be elements that are familiar, there may be faces or voices that were familiar, but the charge in the air is always something that's new, Mm. and it's always good to revitalize our understanding of the faith. It's also, it's it's very important to remain connected to the family that is the church, 
And you hear this in individuals who will call requesting prayer. You hear this in households that will request the uh, Sacred Heart enthronement or the renewal of the enthronement. You know, when the troubles begin to rear their heads, it, there's oftentimes that accompaniment of feeling like you're alone, hmm. feeling that no one can identify with you or you can't identify with anyone else or that you've been kind of picked off and kicked out and you're just under a lot of stress or a lot of burdens. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important to go to the Congress of the Sacred Heart. It's so important and to go to these events. And you we're know? never in the same place. Never. You might have gone last year, right. but <clears throat> this year yeah. you're in a new place yeah. and you need those new extra graces. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, you. You don't stop praying the rosary because it's the same series of mysteries. So one of the mysteries (laughs) will always stand out in a very different way, a very powerful way, because it's going to be pertinent to you today the way another mystery was pertinent to you the way a different Mm -hmm. a different day before you prayed it. And it's very much the same with these gatherings. You know, we we kind of uh, maybe fall into like a malaise or we fall into just like a rut. And it's very important that we get out of that rut and that we go and that we assert ourselves so that we can tap into those graces that are made available. And I think we also have to call a spade a spade. You know, um, everyone wants good things to happen, and then they think that those good things should happen or can happen without them being invested in it. (laughs) Yeah. And then when they stop happening, everyone's like, well, why did that stop happening? You know, it's like because everyone thought someone else was going to carry the ball down the field and bringing the Lord's sacred heart into homes and hearts and minds and souls and families and schools and parishes. And this, once again, it just like even the name of the gathering, the Congress, it's like there has to be skin in the game. Each one of us have to make sure that we take that step out of our comfort zone, out of our homes, out of our even busy schedules and go. And if for some reason our schedule doesn't allow for a full participation, at least for the Mass, you know, make it a point to go there for confession, make it a point to make it for one of the talks, you know, Um, encourage a friend, a neighbor to ride with you, someone that has wanted to go, but maybe feels awkward going on their own. Um, There's all these little diving boards, you know, that the evil one will use to jump up and down on to Mm. distract us from what is at hand. And what is at hand is the family that is the church, gathering around the heart of Jesus to soak up all of those graces and his divine light that he wants to pour forth upon us. And you know, what really struck me was St. Mother Teresa, the really the mandate to go out to all the world, yeah. that it's not just about us right? and our home and our heart. And what happens is the more our heart is filled with that grace and that love, that, you know, you realize I've got to share this. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I need to pass this on. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit will give you that strength, yeah. will give you that opportunity. I mean, just yesterday I had an encounter with a person. I just came for some sign up information. We ended up talking about the sacred heart. You? I didn't even, yes. Yeah. I didn't even know she was Catholic. <laughs> but when I left there and it was like Oh, Lord, you are amazing. <laughs> and, you know, never in my wildest dreams. And, of course, she's whispering because she's, you know, on, she's working and you probably not talk about God. But <laughs> this will happen in the grocery store. It's true. It will yeah. happen with your neighbor. But it's like, you know, you are prepared for it. Yeah. You're joyful about it. Well, you know, and as the world is tearing our our faith down, tearing the images of Jesus down, it's becoming more and more yeah, secular. Yeah, I remember yeah. Uh, many years ago, Father Stosh talked about even the, the culture within the home. There yeah. aren't religious images right. in the Catholic home um, as it yeah. once was. So this is an opportunity for us to say we believe we put you back on the throne of our life, Lord, and we are part of a beautiful movement of love, authentic love. So if you have been feeling that you've been you know, struggling with the state of the world, come here and be mm-hmm. renewed. Mm-hmm. And also, Emily, talk about the renewal. I know we did one on St. Gabriel Radio. That is an important part of this. It is, it's yeah. not just expose mm-hmm. the sacred heart but to honor the sacred heart. Well, that's, I think, really why we exist. We exist at Welcome His Heart is that we don't only want you to have an image in the home. 
We don't only want you to consecrate and to enthrone the image in your home, and but we want you to continue to live out your faith. That's why that monthly newsletter is really important to me. I put a lot of time into it to inspire you so that you never be, you know, find that place of, of, you know, I'm all alone, like we mentioned earlier, or, you know, it just, nothing happened in my life when I did this, you know, and yet the more we put in, the more we get out. So I think that's something I learned. And I was thinking about my own enthronement a number of years ago. And I had a thought, my hesitation of doing it was everything's good. Why would I do that? (laughs) But, but as father mentioned a few minutes ago, the storms you oftentimes don't see coming and brewing over the other side of the mountain so it's not that we just do it for the storms but we do it to place christ always at the center of our life this is a day of renewal you can re you know go through the enthronement process easily it's not once and done you can you know really uh continue to always go deeper and that's that's part of this process and father you talked always when the enthronement takes place you're putting all your children, the whole family, right. into it. Your whole life, your whole life, your whole family, everyone. And uh, you know, Emily and I met. Um, was that last week? Yeah. Uh, time just like disappears <laughs> once the school year begins. Just when's the next break? You know, <laughs> it's, it's just like. But we were talking, and then I, I was. I remember the conversation, and I shared with Emily. I was like, I, I just find that one of the greatest lessons is restoring the idea of the simplicity of our faith and the importance of the first Friday. Mm. It's like on the first Friday of every month, that day is totally set aside for the heart of Jesus. And the comeback, the feedback, the response or the reaction oftentimes is it can't be that easy. And it's like, but it is that easy. Like the father sent his son in the flesh so that it would be that easy for us to know how to get back to the father. And on the first Friday of every month, we have his heart of Jesus as the focus of our prayers, as the focus of our gifts given to God. And it it is that easy, you know, and that once a year in the fall, you know, this year, November 5th, to have that gathering where we all come together as a family and people will always say, oh, it can't be that easy. But the truth of the matter is, it is, you know. We invest in one another as we're journeying towards the Lord. We're assisting one another, accompanying one another. Uh, and sometimes, yes, we're even inviting, pulling, pushing, dragging you know, one <laughs> another. And that's why, you know, what Joanne had uh, unfold in that conversation is so important. The Lord knows how we work, how we mm. function, how we love, how we embrace, and how we converse as people. That's why one of his great promises is for those who propagate the devotion to my heart, their name will be written on my heart, never to be effaced. You know, never to be faced. Our names will never be forgotten if we just help someone come to learn about his sacred heart. Now, my name is like scratched in the wall. <laughs> Joanne's is like carved into the stone, no, gilded pencil, in gold. Pencil would be just fine without an eraser. <laughs> but there's that idea of like, why would I keep the greatest treasure known yeah. by humanity? Why would I keep that to myself? I would want to share that. And that's the heart of Jesus. Well, and I, well, I know we're going to come to a close, but this is the Sacred Heart well, Sacred Heart Hour, talking about the Congress coming up. And I, I, I remember Joanne has used this word, Father, growing up. And I think for our, our listeners, this is the challenge I have today. And you're going to hear it on the second session. Everybody's busy. Yeah. Start a school year, it's almost like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I got this going, that going, this going. And two things are happening. We're not entering into the heart. We're not entering into the faith. Everything else takes a priority. And that's the word, unless we want to make our faith a priority. Yeah. I'm not sure that you're going to experience joy. I'm not exper- I don't think you're going to experience peace. I don't think you're going to really experience life the way the Lord wants. And that's mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about on session two. Yeah, and don't so wait to register. Sometimes we think, oh, I can do that. It's November and here it is, September. <laughs> but it, we're all set up. Yeah. You know, you can register today. And so it's really helpful. And it's encouraging for us yeah. to say, oh my, you know, we already have 10,000 right. people. <laughs> and But uh, please do that. Yeah. And go to welcomehisheart.com. Welcomehisheart.com. You can get all the information. You can just, there's a button there to register, a button there to, for more information. But when you put the Congress 
on your calendar. That should trump everything else. Yeah. Yeah. As we uh, bring to a close this first segment on this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us in spirit as we bring a close to this segment and look forward to the next one by offering up a simple prayer to the heart of Jesus. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing on all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. I went paddleboarding with my family recently. It took forever to get there. The AC stopped working my van. I couldn't find parking. The paddleboard pump broke. By the time we were ready to have family fun, I was ready to explode on everyone. I was miserable. Now, if I may examine my conscience on radio with you, everything I just complain about is the problem of a blessed person. I have a car, paddleboards, kids, and I'm at a safe state park in the story. I was frustrated because I was trying to manage my blessings. So often, that's exactly what frustrates us. We gotta get the kids to school, make their lunches, run off to work. Stop, think, thank. You have kids, food, and a job, all blessings. But if you don't get intentional about counting them as blessings, you'll end up miserable and cranky. We need to stop and pause and take stock of what's actually going on and give thanks often. Then we can have perspective and joy even in the midst of the chaos. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. One year after I graduated Catholic High School, I eloped to Las Vegas, Nevada. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus, and that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in scripture. I learned that the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ who gave the authority to Peter and it has continued in succession down to the present day. And that was the start of my journey home to the Catholic Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning again, and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly joining you live once again with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. As we enter into the second segment of the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to renew our love, uh, one another as a family focused on Jesus. We renew our love for the Lord's Sacred Heart. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you, and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families. Help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 Well, Father, I know as we start the second session, uh, the first one, for those just tuning in, we discussed really the Congress coming up. It's our 11th Annual Sacred Art Congress, November 5th. You can go on Welcome His Heart and register, it's $15 an individual, 25 for family, whether it's two, four, or six, 25, and scholarships are available. It's a half-day retreat, really, wonderful speakers, and our theme is to rebuild, renew, and restore the domestic church through the heart of Jesus. And we know that is the battle today. The battle is in the home front. The battle is within our families. And um, uh, so in starting this Father, I wanted to, I received this 
uh, publication from a prep school I went to in New Hampshire. Mm. And it's outside of Dartmouth up in Lebanon. And um, I read this quote and I said, oh my goodness, uh, this really... It just uh, arrived, so yeah, it's very current. Yeah, and, it, and it challenged me. Wow. And uh, so it was done by Tony <clears throat> Metzler, uh, the Director of Wellness and Counseling Service, speaks about mental health among teenagers. And uh, the, one of the sessions was, what issues are you seeing the most when it comes to teenagers and mental health? The two major things I see among teenagers are anxiety and depression. Mm. These are the most common mental health diagnosed anywhere, and it's the same for our students. We've seen increasing number of children, our students, who have who are having panic attacks or experiencing symptoms of depression, but don't understand what is happening to them and why they feel that way. Yeah. And I thought mm-hmm. of that, Father, and I thought of maybe, we know we have listeners. We know children today, uh, between social media and everything else, right, can be really dealing with... Um, serious mental issues. Serious yeah. mental issues. When I, when I heard this, I thought of two things our Lord came. I came so that they might have life and have it abundantly. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he wants joy. He doesn't right. want this. And second of all... I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. The secular world, the world is not going to give you the peace no. and get you out of that state. No, it's, well, it's, it's not going to give you the way, the truth, or the life. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind in hearing you share that from that article is um, just this basic, this basic, uh, we might call it relief that the human person is a mystery and not a problem. And when you approach the human person, regardless of their age, or you know, a boy or a girl, <clears throat> a man or a woman, married or single, priest, religious, it doesn't matter. Whenever you approach the human person with the idea that that person is a problem, hmm. and my sole goal is to solve the problem hmm. of this person, whether it be their identity, their health, whether it be their peace of mind or lack thereof, you know, we're approaching it from a totally wrong and ultimately arrogant and prideful Mm. perspective Mm. that this person is a problem this person has a problem but distill it purify it it's not this person has a problem it's this person is the problem and Mm -hmm. how do i have to help solve this problem well that's a totally different approach to the human person than we Mm. as disciples approach the human person we approach every human person with that understanding of the image and likeness of god and therefore every human person is a mystery and it's not a mystery that confounds us it's not a mystery that confuses us it's a mystery that enables us to turn to the lord the creator and say lord how have you loved us so much and in that depth of love may we now be able to appreciate the mystery of this human person. Hmm. And it's, it's kind of like when you approach the human person, whether regardless of their age, you know, uh, from the perspective of God, you have that Christian anthropology. And then you start to understand, I'm approaching this person from the perspective of the heart, not just hmm. the brain or the mind or the gift of reason or intellectual gifts or everything I've studied and learned or the, even the degrees I have or the letters after my name. No, I'm approaching this person with the lens of Christian anthropology, God creates out of love. So I'm gonna approach this person with love. And the idea that there's a mystery to our humanity, and we know some things about our humanity, we know some things about a mystery, but we don't know everything. And there requires of us humility. And that's the thing, in the secular world, there's no more humility. Mm. It's just total prideful arrogance. I can ultimately solve every problem Hmm. based on what I know. And if I can't solve it, I can turn to someone else who has Mm -hmm. even more knowledge Hmm. to figure out how that person and me can now solve the problem. It's arrogance. And what it's doing is it's destroying the humanity of our beautiful children. Hmm. Quite possibly the greatest gift the Lord gives to us in any given moment in time is the child that's in front of us at that moment. And when we gaze upon a child, regardless of that child's age, we're reminded of our own childlike disposition and dependence upon the Lord. Children are a gift. But when you look like when you hear something like about the article, you start to realize 
do we treasure children as a gift or do we just see them as little problems that we have to solve and fix? which is really coming out in the darkness, the chaos, and the confusion of all of these ideologies that are running rampant because of secularism. And yet the church, ever mindful of the plight of humanity, ever mindful of the sorrow and the suffering, the church elevates Jesus, who for 2,000 years has been the one that reveals us to ourselves. He reveals us in that light of mystery, in that light of love, in that light of mercy, in that light of compassion. You know, and, and there's just... You, you kind of realize there really are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of man, and then there's the kingdom of God. There's the culture of life, and there's the culture of death. And in the midst of all of this, there's two different ways to approach the human person. It's, do I approach the human person with that understanding that there's a mystery here for me to learn about, appreciate, love, protect, guide, and yes, even correct when the person falls into error? Or is the person just a problem? And I have to solve this, you know? You know what that really brings to my mind, Father, is for those out there who are in this year of, especially the senior year of discerning where to go to college. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, or even where to go to high school and now even where to go to grade school. Right. Yeah. That when you say protect yeah. and, you know, uh, guide, yeah. that's that's real important for parents to understand who is guiding Mm -hmm. and what you know where is the guidance leading yeah then not just turned a blind eye anywhere and because that is so important and even for ourselves especially for ourselves what influences are Mm -hmm. we allowing to guide us and that's why the heart of jesus and when the bishop enthroned the newman center just, you know, two weeks ago, it was all, all about Jesus. And right. he really said, like, come, come and be refreshed. Come here and yeah. be renewed. Yeah. And um, thankfully that there's that little, you know, oasis. Mm-hmm. But if it's not there, wherever you are, I would say don't go there. Absolutely not. It, here's the thing. Your child only has one childhood. Yeah. Why would you risk wasting their childhood? Mm-hmm for the benefit of some psychotherapy experiment that's being done by a culture that doesn't even believe in God yeah. and doesn't want that child to go to heaven. Well, you know, I, I mean, we do want that child to go to heaven, so we understand every moment is precious. Like, and have peace and joy know, here. The rector at the seminary, he's like, we only have so much time yeah. to help these men become the priests that Jesus wants them to be. Yeah. Time is of the essence. It's really important. And yeah. when you approach the mystery of the human person with that understanding of the gift of time and the patience and depth of love from the heart of Jesus, you realize... We are invested in one another to a degree that is incredibly and, and by charitable. Throning Jesus, yeah, in you know a dorm room, in a room, in your home, you are consciously inviting Him to come in as Lord, as you know Savior, as friend. You're making that decision to surrender mm. to the Lord. Yeah, and also I was thinking of the promises of our Lord, and so when you enthrone. Uh, as the as making Jesus the king, brother, friend, and savior of your home. He is now the king. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Father, you talk about he's going to rearrange some furniture <laughs> <laughs> multiple <laughs> times. That's a little messy yeah. in the process. He might even pull the car out of the garage. <laughs> but, but he is saying, I've come, Yeah. and I will give them all the graces necessary for their state in life. Yeah. I will give peace in their families, and I will console them in all their troubles and there are eight other promises but what he's saying is this is hope yes this is where you go to get hope this is why we have the congress for you out there on november 5th this is a half day yeah my challenge to you is if you have issues going on whatever they are or your family has issues going on why not give a half a day right Make it a priority. Yeah. And the other thing is, I know a lot of parents, they wait at the bus stop, they put the child on the bus, mm. and they say, oh, I'm all set for the day. Yeah. But what are you putting them on the bus with? Right. And what's going to happen when they're not with you? Yeah. And on the other hand, as parents, you buy the helmets, you give them the best bikes, you want them not even to fall one time, <laughs> and you're right with them. Yeah, and that's what we want to do: is put that helmet on your children of oh, our that's Lord. That's good, Jack. We want yeah. to put that helmet on the uh-huh. children of your Lord. 
No, it's and true. I think, Father, as we as we know, we have this program on first Friday because it's to bring everybody into the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the answer today. Yeah. And uh, so as we do that, we're also going to talk about some feast days coming up, Father. <laughs> Many feast days. I have this September. voice to my left. You know, he, he he's not this, usually heard on live radio here. I don't know whether any Francisco feast days this month. I'm always getting these little posts like, "Don't forget Padre Pio. Don't forget Maximilian Kobe. Don't forget Saint Francis." It's like, okay, over there. Come on, always bringing the Franciscans into everything. By the way, where is the Congress being held? It's St. Oh, Paul's. Good idea. St. <laughs> Paul's in Westerville. Westerville. There you go. Yeah. And there's so much parking there. That yeah. will not yeah. be a problem. No. No. And the nice thing about it, it is, I mean, it has everything. Yeah. As you will come out of there renewed, restored. I know yeah. that. And if not, money guaranteed back. <laughs> oh, that's good. Chuck. Yeah, why not? Because I I know I'm, I'm taking it to and the bank. And when you are looking for your I refund, don't please look risk. for Chuck Wilson. I, I He'll be standing at the north door. Don't, don't look for Father Stoss or Joanne. Look for Chuck Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know today is September 2nd, first Friday, and this is an important day. And we know coming up is St. Teresa of Calcutta mm. on September 5th. Be- I mean, she's really like another wow, like apostle of the Sacred yeah. Heart. Boy, she isn't she? Is. And we always think of her as like the great apostle of charity loving i mean everyone and anyone not denying their problems but embracing them in the midst of their problems but really truth be told the way she brought the lord's sacred heart to every orphan I every never child really realized that until my goodness recently. yeah yeah you know here's a quote father and you can reflect on it i prayed much to obtain the grace as to how we will make our society holy and also the families we serve the promises of the sacred heart and the pleading of Our Lady became clear in my heart. The consecration of the family to the Sacred Heart, the First Friday devotion, and the family rosary. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Think about that. The family to the heart of Jesus, First Friday, and the family rosary, Father. Mm. Couldn't be more clear. I mean, I mean, it's uh, the perfect summary. Everyone's looking. Really everyone's is. looking for a roadmap to heaven, and it Mother really Teresa's is. like, boom. Yeah, I got it. it. We got Mic the drop. three. <laughs> and my challenge on Sunday, the Sabbath, we have now taken a Sabbath and made it another day, seven it's days true. a week, Father. Yeah, shopping, sports, sports. Day. Sunday, true. sports yeah. day, yeah. and uh, so forth. And f- the family needs time together. They do. This is why you come to the Congress. This is why you have to be reinforced to go against the secular world and go against your family when they say, oh, mom and dad, we don't have time for that rosary. Or no, I'm mm. not interested in it. No, we're going to make this a priority. Yeah, And that's what we're talking about. So as we move on this month, and there's so much more about St. Therese of so forth. Now the big one, September 8th, the Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Father, it's another month of Mary. <laughs> Does she have every month? Does well, she... that's what happens when you're a mother of God. The yeah. answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go up against the Lord. I was like, hey, by the way, your mom's getting way too much glory over here. Can we share the love? Okay. No. And he's like, uh, no, she's my mom. All right. Here's the question. The church celebrates the birth of the Virgin Mary on the traditional fixed day of September 8th. Why? Joanne? Oh, well, I don't know. I was passing the buck to Father. <laughs> oh, this is definitely hot potato. Yeah. Well, because we celebrate her Immaculate Conception on December 8th. Okay. So we just keep alive that idea of the nine-month you know, term oh, for gestation within the womb. Sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I'm going to throw the hot potato back on your oh, side. No, <laughs> no, no, no. How many nativities do we celebrate in the life of the church? Chuck, do not cheat by looking at the notes. <laughs> Three. John the Baptist. Correct. Mary Correct. and Jesus. I was really hoping you get the third one. Otherwise, we're in big trouble. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so. those are the three. It yeah, the three it. nativities we celebrate in the life of the church. Absolutely. Yeah. And why? Because that's the center of our faith. <laughs> that is a cop out. <laughs> okay, so Jesus is Lord. So obviously, duh, we celebrate his duh. birth. You know? <laughs> and then Our Lady is conceived without sin conceived without original sin so her birth 
of course, a baby in utero without sin. She comes in, you know, born without sin. Great. John the Baptist, though, hmm, he's conceived with original sin. But remember, when we pray the rosary, we live the mysteries of the life of our Lord and the mystery of the visitation. You know, Our Lady yeah. visits Elizabeth. Our Lady is pregnant with Jesus. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And when the, there's that beautiful line from Luke's gospel, when the sound of your voice reached my ears, the infant within leapt for joy. So the presence of Jesus is communicated through the voice of Mary. Mm-hmm. And John the Baptist, who's within the womb of Elizabeth, can tell the presence of the Messiah is here. And even as a baby in utero, he leaps. He so responds. was that like a baptism for John The church the fathers always said it was like a baptism. Exactly. He was cleansed of original sin. Oh. He moved. He responded even within hmm. the womb. So we celebrate his birth, his nativity. I wondered why born we celebrated sin. John yeah. the Baptist. And it, it, once again, like remember, everything is like cohesive and comprehensive. We believe in the gospel of life, the precious nature of every human life being given from God and worthy of protect and guidance. And so when you, know, you say Catholics are pro-life, Catholics are, you know, integrated into the pro-life message. The pro-life message is integrated into the gospel of life and the teachings of the Catholic Church. Well, why? Well, because mm-hmm. even in sacred scripture, we have these profound, powerful, life-giving examples of babies within the womb responding to God's presence. So it, it all comes together in a most beautiful, marvelous way. And like when we celebrate the nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary on September mm-hmm. 8th, it's just another it's just another chance, an opportunity, an invitation from the Lord to celebrate the gift of life. You know, you know, and that it's life so is profound. under that life is under attack, as we Very know. Very much so. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and I think for anyone out there, we know that today we we just have to embrace life and whatever decisions were made in the past, whatever mm-hmm. has happened, our Lord wants you to to come to be Him, healed. be yeah. healed of that, and be restored. And that's what the Congress is helping is to be restored. Father, we go into a couple more here. There are so many. This is why I love the Catholic Church. You, every day there's a celebration. Uh, it's true. There's I mean, always a reason for a party. Yeah, exactly. There's always a reason yeah, for a party. I mean, exactly. Joanne says that every day. I got to have a glass of wine. <laughs> another, another celebration. And uh, so forth. Who's the reason yeah. today? John the Baptist. <laughs> Who's the reason? Nativity yeah. of Our Lady. <laughs> and then we go to the September 15th, Our Lady of Sorrows. And you what? know, you skipped the exaltation of the cross. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to go to the cross. All right, let's go to the cross. The 14th, before the sorrows on the 15th. We're going to get fired. (laughs) You promise? (laughs) All right, Father, let's talk about the feast of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. Why do we have that as a feast day? Well, it's a beautiful, powerful opportunity just to remember the significance, the importance of the cross in our lives. It, of course, invites us to consider uh, the beautiful moment in time and in space when the the relic or the remnant of the true cross was found in Jerusalem by the Empress uh, Helena, uh, the mother of Constantine, and just that, that beautiful really powerful pilgrimage that she went on to Jerusalem. And it was not just like the finding of the cross, it's also the triumph of the cross or the exaltation of the cross. You know, what was an instrument of death for a powerful empire, the empire of Rome, became basically the throne of love and life for the Lord Jesus Christ. How he, you know, flipped something that was so dark and so tragic and scary for the world. He flipped it and made it the sign of hope. I mean, think about how Hmm. often when we pray, do, do we not begin and end our prayer with the sign of the cross? We trace the cross over our body. It makes absolutely no sense to anyone who understands the power of the cross in ancient Rome that still to this day, 2,000 years later, as Christians who are defenders of life, we're tracing the sign of death over ourselves if you don't understand the Lord flips the sign and makes it hmm. the sign of life. Hmm. So on the 14th of September, we have that beautiful opportunity just to remember that moment in time when the cross was like refound. Uh, we understand how the cross has to be refound in our life every moment of every day. Hmm. You know, where's the cross of the Lord? It's the sign of life. It's the sign of hope. Um, and it's one of those feast days that's twinned, right? So on the 14th, we have the exaltation of the cross. And then the very next day, we have Our Lady of Sorrows. And I just invite you to remember, you know, Our Lady, the Mother of Sorrows, uh, St. Ambrose, he's got that powerful meditation on the Gospel of John. And St. Ambrose goes, in reading the Gospel of John, I have read that Mary stood at the foot of the cross. Hmm. I have not read that she wept. 
And in reading the Gospels, Mary stands. And just think of the strength, the fortitude she exhibits in the midst of all of the disciples, the apostles, the crowd, the people there, soldiers, you know, citizens, mm-hmm. people who were mourning the death of God in the flesh, Jesus on the cross, people who were looking forward to it. Mary stood. I mean, think of the incredible interior strength. Mm-hmm. You know the the power she had. I never thought had. of that. I never picked that it's up. It's like even in her in her maternity, in the worst moment a mother could experience, watching yeah. the death of her child, she's still going to give the gift of witness to everyone else who's watching. It's like look at her strength, and and I think that's something very important for us to consider as Catholic Christians who have this beautiful patrimony of devotions to Our Lady. It's like we don't just cling to her because of devotions or images or mysteries of the Rosary. There's a strength exhibited in the mother of Jesus. And we need that strength to be able to walk through this this thing called life, you know? And we just have a dear friend who just lost their son. And and please pray for Ben. And to see that they had they hadn't thrown their home mm. years before. But to see that hope, to see that strength. And as you say, Father, in one of the most uh the greatest suffering of a parent to lose a child yeah that you know the help is there right the grace is there the hope is there yeah no i it, it's just it once again like as catholics when we're journeying through life we've got these gifts of the saints these feast days kind of brings our attention back to the mystery of the lord's love we also of course in the month of uh, september we get to consider the beauty and the power and the gift of the Gospel of Matthew on the feast day of St. Matthew the 21st. Now, here's something special. I'm not saying this just because the guy sitting to my left has a needle poking uh-huh. at my arm. It's But we have the feast of Padre Pio, St. Pio on the 23rd. Oh, and yeah. I like to consider him in a special way because, uh, not because I'm like a secular Franciscan, <laughs> but being fiercely devoted to the Sacred Heart, there's that nine-hour novena to the Sacred Heart that is attributed to Padre Pio. You know, oh, Padre yes. Pio... For many hours, he would hear confessions. He would receive intentions and petitions from thousands of people. How did he pray for all of these people? And a lot of people have miraculous accounts of their prayers being granted through the intercession of Padre Pio, even while still alive. Well, Padre Pio would pray that nine-hour novena to the heart of Jesus, you know, and he would just entrust all of these prayers and petitions to the heart of Jesus. Now, Father, we prayed that for years before our Bible study. How can someone access that prayer? If you go online, it's a very powerful oh, yeah. prayer. Yeah, I mean, it's something you can easily put into a search engine. And just, mm-hmm. you know, you can even just say Padre Pio, nine-hour novena to the Sacred Heart. And he would do that nine hours in a row, you know, mm-hmm. nearly every day, if not every day. Um and, it, you know, I will say this, having done it many times myself and being devoted to that actual practice, it helps you realize just how much of a slave to time we hmm. become. And the Lord just kind of taps you on the shoulders like, time to come away, spend this next moment for this hour with hmm. me. It's really powerful, you know? And, of course, then we kind of close out the month with the Feast of the Holy Archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Hmm. I mean, like you said, there's just, as Catholics, there's always a reason to party. Well, and, <laughs> always a reason to raise that glass, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the, the the power of uh, the archangel of Saint Michael. Absolutely. And that prayer that was given to Pope Leo the Thirteenth. I mean, that he created at that moment. Father, I just see that so relevant today. What what Pope Leo the Thirteenth experienced, yeah. and why he wrote this prayer. Um. And any thoughts on that for people that might need to say, hey, I am really under attack or something. Yeah, I, sure. I need to start praying this prayer. Well, and even like our Holy Father, Pope Francis, you know, he's yeah. written several things and he's spoken several times about the need to return to praying that prayer to St. Michael at the end of Mass. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's, it's really powerful. Not because it's at the end of Mass, but because it's before you return to the world. Ah. The Mass doesn't need any prayers added on to it, yeah. but we need that prayer before we leave the altar and return into the battle of life. So even our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has really you know, encouraged the faithful to return to the practice of pray the Mass, receive the blessing, hear the dismissal, prepare to return to the world. But before we leave the church, ask for mm. the prayers, the intercession of St. Michael. And, you know, it, there's not anybody alive today, right now, in this moment, who's not under some form mm-hmm. of burden, stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. depression or just call it what it is, attack. Mm -hmm. And no one should ever discount the influence of the stress, you know? So we seek the powerful intercession of the great Archangel St. Michael. And, uh, you know, that pretty much 
That's it. That spent the hour. Congress. <laughs> the Congress. So, Levantino, oh, November God. 5th. So okay. as we bring to a close this uh, Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to bring it to a close by turning to the heart of Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the benefits you have granted to us through the merciful love of your Sacred Heart. We are truly grateful for your gift of life. We thank you for the gift of holy faith received in baptism when we were made children of your Father and heirs to heaven and received your own divine life in our souls. We thank you for the gift of the holy priesthood and all the other sacraments which increase your life in us and for the gift of your blessed Virgin Mother, whom you have given to us to be our Mother and Queen. Above all, good Jesus, we are grateful for the gift of your loving heart, the gift of yourself in the crib at Bethlehem, on the cross at Calvary, and in the Holy Eucharist in our parish church. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.